Welcome to Words That Move Me, the podcast where movers and shakers like you get the information and inspiration you need to navigate your creative career with clarity and confidence. I am your host, Dana Wilson, and I move people. I am all about the tools and techniques that empower tomorrow's leaders to make the work of their dreams and live a full life while doing it. So whether you're new to the game or transitioning to your next echelon of greatness, you're in the right place. All right, all right, my friend. Welcome to Words That Move Me. I am Dana. I am your host of the Words That Move Me podcast. We are doing this thing, and I'm so glad you're here. I am stoked about this episode. I keep flashing back to it. Like It's been a couple days since I talked to our guest, Reina Hidalgo. It's so long overdue. Um, Reina helped shape my life as a touring dancer way, way back in 2007 when we met, and she's gone on to do such truly remarkable things since then. She is as smart as she is strong as she is spirited. I cannot wait to share this conversation with Reina, but first, let's do some wins. Today, I am celebrating a really truly, deeply good night's sleep. Like deep and sweet, like without bad dreams. That is something that I've been kind of plagued with lately as I have been watching a lot of very intense cinema, a lot of intense movies before sleep, um, and kind of an unusual schedule lately. So when I do get to sleep, which is at odd hours, it's usually not very sweet sleep. It is spicy, scary sleep lately. Are you a person that believes in like deeper meaning in dreams or do you look them up when you wake up if you remember them? Do you even remember them? Are you a person who remembers your dreams? I'm so curious now because I always do. Um, the degree of detail is varying, but like pretty consistently I remember my dreams in a great degree of detail. But I usually don't read that deeply into them. I really love it when I choreograph in my sleep, which does happen from time to time. It is truly fascinating to me to think about <laughs> the thing that I make money doing in my waking life, I can literally do in my sleep. <laughs> That's crazy to me. It is not always great, like not award-winning choreography perhaps, but better than nothing. Like, and I wake up and I can remember it? That's pretty cool. Anyways, that's my win. Simple, sweet, deep sleep. Now you go. What is going well in your world? Hit me. Okay, congratulations. Keep on crushing. I'm so proud of you. You got this. You've got this. And Reina Hidalgo definitely has got this, y'all. Get ready. This woman is truly fantastic. I, I like cannot sing her praises loud enough. I want to shout them. She's been in some major films like Encanto and Babylon. She toured with Pink, Gloria Stefan, Rihanna, Kylie Minogue. She's worked for Missy Elliott, Sierra, Ricky Martin, Paula Abdul, Janelle Monet, Miley Cyrus. The list really, truly goes on. You can also find her choreography in season 12 of So You Think You Can Dance. She choreographed for Enrique Iglesias, and she is the supervising choreographer and consulting producer take that, for the Emmy-nominated series East Los High. It's been years since Raina and I got to really, truly catch up. She is such a breath of fresh air. She is grounded. She is on fire. And she's truly just getting started. So without any further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Raina Hidalgo. All right, all right, my friend, Reina Hidalgo, welcome to Words That Move Me. I'm so stoked to have you. Me too, me too, me too, me too. <laughs> she, me too. I, she squeals with enthusiasm. I squealed so much. I'm so excited, so honored, friends. I've been following it on Instagram. So when I got asked, I was like, oh, I, I made it. I'm here. Well, I'm here. I, 
thank you for that. And also, I feel terrible that it's been this long because you are a frequently mentioned person on the podcast. Um, I talk about you a lot when I talk about my early touring days. We were actually just reminiscing. I'll go ahead and let you in, listener, on one of the key standout moments from my first tour ever uh, with Justin Timberlake. Raina was uh, a part of our opening act. It was Pink, right? Yeah. Okay, so Pink was opening for us on leg one in the United States, and I was 20, <laughs> and which, which equals energy to go out outside of working hours and we went to a club in cincinnati ohio random <laughs> random random and it was raining and it was a day Rain. off and we were trying to figure out what what to do what can yeah. we do what can we do can we, we do? found a salsa club in cincinnati ohio i had the time of my damn life which we speaks to you and your company my friend because Thanks, it, friend. You, i i do like to think Sometimes it's those unassuming nights, right? Like I find yeah. myself, I don't know if you're the same, like New Year's Eve is always kind of tough to really nail. Yeah. Sometimes birthdays is hard. There's a lot of pressure on those being fun. But when you're in Cincinnati and it's raining, kind of bar is kind of low. We're like, whatever's <laughs> going to happen is better than staying in the room. But what wound up happening, I think, is that I made out with a stranger. <laughs> she did, ladies and gentlemen. And I would like to add that she was peer pressured at the same time. I think I was. I think I, I think you guys were rooting me on. We did. We were hyping I had, you up so much. I, it was with my whoever I was dancing with that night, and I remember oh. feeling like a really great dancer, which must have meant that I had a really great partner because I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not great in this genre, standalone by she myself. She was good, you guys. She's giving herself. Not that much slack, you know. She was good. She was. Good. I, I, yeah. Give yourself maybe. more credit. Okay, maybe. But that was just one of the many nights we shared. We had a great night, a great time in Miami. We had. I am. I'm just so glad that you were there to share in that. Like in my first experience of what it means to be on tour, you have had several tour experiences. I'm excited to dig into that. Um, yeah. But before we do. I will yield the floor and ask you to introduce yourself to us. Now that I have introduced myself as being somebody <laughs> who will make out with a stranger. <laughs> at 20 years old, I mean, I was finding it. Hey, come on. I was finding it. Come on. We were all, hey, the 20s are the, are the time to do it, even if it's you do it later. But hey, 20s are the ones. <laughs> 20s are the ones. <laughs> 20s are the ones. But, oh, that was good stuff. Um, yeah, hi everybody. This is Reina Hidalgo. I'll say in Spanish or if not in English, Reina Hidalgo. Yeah, and that's me, the Afro-Cuban dancer out here who's been in LA for like 19 years, but that's but me. born in I'm Miami, Reina. right? No, I was born, if you remember, I was born on a boat. <gasps> oh my God. Doing, yeah. Doing yes. So in 1980, there was a big big moment in history that uh deported in cuba called in mariel a lot of cubans left from may to september mm -hmm. and castro let people out like if you're gonna leave this is your last chance so my parents left Whoa. my mom was nine months pregnant and it was Whoa. like if you leave you're not coming back like you're literally leaving so he sent criminals non-criminals people just jumped on the boat and left knowing the sacrifice of leaving it was so meaning you're not coming back you're not coming back. Mm -hmm. Cut to 38 years later, my parents went for the first time. And that's a whole other story. But You're kidding me right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like in 2018, they <sighs> went back for the first time. So that was like a whole other thing. Okay. Yeah. Put that in the parking lot. I'm ready. I yep. want to go there. Um, so boat went to Miami. You're born yep, on a boat. On the way to Key West. Mm -hmm. And my mom just gave birth to me and there was just a bucket of hot water and scissors. And my dad was freaking out and she had asthma and Raina didn't want to come out normal. She wanted to come out with a billy cord around her neck. Oh, for sure. She did. Not, she was purple. She, she was She was the, the embodiment of perseverance. Yes. And we're going to do this and I'm here for a reason. And then they cut the cord and then I started crying and they got to Key West because it's 90 miles from Key West. Okay. And they took my mom to the hospital, not knowing English. They wrapped me up and cleaned me. 
And then they hand it over to my dad and my dad's like pushing my mom in a wheelchair and all these, my first stardom in the newspaper. Yes, please. Was, yeah. Your I, first feature. I was, my first feature. How about that? <laughs> was on the newspaper of like very first and only baby born on the middle of the ocean. Cause everyone else came like months or year, like a year old or two, but yeah, but I was raised in Miami and Jersey. That part is correct. Raina, I'm just I know. like I'm starting to <laughs> watch the movie that is your life on my eyelids, and I am so fascinated. Oh. It's going to make a great screenplay. Yeah, get yeah, going on there. that. I know anyone listening, call me up. I'm ready. I love this. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and was dance a part of your life early on? Yeah. Like straight from, um, I can only imagine, (laughs) I can only imagine. Yeah. Like on the boat (laughs) after the cord was, was untied, then you could just fully just go. Like I was four. Awesome. Put me in dance in the studio when I was four in Jersey. Uh So I always, and that's what I loved. I love dance. I, that is like my, my therapy, my gift, my passion, my communication. So yeah, I started Mm -hmm. very young. I started very young. And what was the impetus for you to to move from East to West Coast? Like, what did that decision look like for you? I think well, it was more for my parents because uh, the rest of my dad's family was in Miami. Mm-hmm. And I think my mom loves, it's funny, my mom loves the cold, but I think at that time in the 80s, it was just really bad. Like, winter was bad at that time. Uh-huh. And I think it was more being close to more of like my grandmother and my grandfather. They moved to Miami. So people from family members from up north were moving down south okay so just to be closer okay you know and then warmer weather hello thank all you year round. thank you <laughs> except for right now currently my fingers are cold i'm keeping them folded because it's i'm such a wiener i've completely lost my antifreeze i'm from colorado born and raised right. and we've had i know winters like i know cold but i also remember like scraping the ice off of my windshield with my school ID with my bare hands. Like, oh. It didn't phase me. I was wearing a jean jacket because I wanted to be cute. Mm. Like I was, <laughs> it, it apparently did not phase me, but now I'm 36. I live in LA and I keep my house like 71 degrees. Otherwise I'm crabby. Friend, I have my whole apartment just warm. Yeah, right now. warm. Yeah. And I start early so then it could go through the night and I'd be like, great. Yes, I love that. I love to be cozy. Saucy, Me spicy. Too. I just had Michael Wilson on, and he was like, "Sorry, uh, pause. I need a sweater." And I was like, "Yo, I'm cold. I hate being cold." I was like, "I keep it 71 in my place," and he said, "It's 75 in mine." <laughs> I was like, "You know what, Michael? You if you're listening, I have a 75 too, Dana." Yikes. All right, <laughs> it's the Miami blood. I was like, "75 is good." And listen, really good we me. we can right, like we can choose yes. to just like turn that. Turn that up. The bill comes. We will deal with it. We will. The deal blessing. With it. The blessing for that. The blessing. Yes. The, the privilege of climate control. Yeah. And, and I am. I love LA for the weather that we have, for the seasons that we have, which are few mm-hmm. and fast. Well, the, the summer ones are long, but mm-hmm. I, I love it here. I can't imagine being anywhere else. Really. I mean, it, I, I loved my time in New York. Um, and I loved my time on tour. I don't know. I I can I I don't believe like wildly in astrology. I'm not like I don't like it's not the gospel for me, but I am a Cancer on the cusp of Leo. And I believe I, one of the things I remember reading about my sign is that Cancers carry their home on their back and they mm, will feel at home wherever they are. And I That's beautiful. I, I I feel like that's why I did well on tour for as long as I did. Mm-hmm. And I can be in many different places, but I prefer this, man. I prefer it. it. It's funny you brought that up because I just went home for the holidays and I go for the holidays like for three weeks to decompress, okay. to reset, uh-huh. to be uh-huh. with family, you know, and you're a big family yes. person as yes. well. And, you know, our, we're getting older, parents getting older. So a lot of things are in factor, nieces and nephews. Yep. But it was that time, this time really hit me that I was like, I can't be in Miami. Ooh, I don't know why. Felt, yeah. Felt usually, yeah, usually back and forth, I'd be like, ah, maybe. But this time I was like, no. And the reason wow. being is LA is such a home to me now. It's been 19 years. 
mm-hmm. but also too like in here in LA, we could go hiking. There's nature. And I love Miami so much and the sense of family and culture and there's the beach, but it's changed so much. Ooh, it's been a minute of for Miami. me. I haven't been, yeah. I haven't been like out there, like in it in a very long time. I drop in occasionally mm. on convention, but to like be in the world, it's been ages. Yeah, it's different. It's different. It's um because a lot of South Americans, the snowbirds are now going to Miami. So mm. And I was just talking to one of my best friends there and trying to find a local spot to just mm-hmm. watch the basketball game. Mm-hmm. And she's like, ah, it's hard because no one's out anymore. Everyone's home. Wow. People have family. And it was really interesting oh, to yeah. hear that because usually I'm like, we could go here, we could go there. But it's um, it, it finally hit me that LA is actually where I want to be. Mm-hmm. No, granted, any listeners, if I find a husband, he wants to marry me, we go somewhere else. <laughs> That would be great. <laughs> We're open, everybody. We're open. We're open. We're open. But I just realized that I love being here. Okay. Well, I tell do. me this, like on that same front, how many tours have you done? Like Ooh. big chunk of time world tours. And would you take one on right now? If like, Pink, well, I know she's a special case for you because that's family. But yeah. if Pink called you up right now and was like, we're going on tour for another year, would you be like, yes, down? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is it just yeah. because it's her or because touring works for you and you love it? Both. Mm. But mainly, mainly her mm-hmm. and mainly that camp and mainly that family. But right. I, to answer that question, I've done four world tours with her. I did Rihanna, that's five. Kylie, that's six. And my first tour was Gloria Stefan. So I've done oh, seven. Gosh. I know seven tours, and the you rest were promo it. stuff. But uh-huh. I've been shorter, shorter bites. But <laughs> yeah, but um, super, super blessed. That person have been tour. Yeah, that's uh, that's a that in and of itself, without even counting your work in TV, film, commercials, live stuff, stuff right. like that. Without even counting that, that's a remarkable a remarkable career. And I do want to dig into some of that work too. But I'm so curious to hear because I know, like, I think that, I think, this is totally a thought. I think that the majority of dancers probably listening are at least curious about being not, being on tour, if not really passionate about wanting to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It seems like such a sweet gig. You get paid to travel the world. There's the prestige mm-hmm. of being with kind of a... a celebrity type and you you know get to stay in cool hotels and stuff which is often not the case but i think it's a, i think it's a thing that most people desire to do but that yeah. no one teaches you how to do so i'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the qualities you have that make you so good at that type of work that's a really good question dana cuz a lot of people are afraid of the world the word tour now they're like Oh, I don't know if I could leave for so long or, or they think the opposite. It's going to be the best thing ever. Right, right, right. You're so right. It's it's like a a black or white issue, like very hot and cold. Yeah, very hung. And and I will, and I will say that I got lucky that my first tour was a Gloria Stefan because A, she's the best, an idol, the best of the best. And, you know, as a Cuban, um, Afro-Cuban person in that world, in the music and the Miami sound machine. Hello, the Miami sound machine. You get to dance with that. So that for me was like golden. You kind of started at the top. (laughs) Oh, I was like, this is great. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I I did realize, and I'll go from that beginning start because that when you do your first tour and you know this from doing Justin, that determines if you're ever going to do any more tours or not. And that is true. You know, that you have a bad first experience and you're like, nah, I'm good. Thanks forever. Or I will say that for me, I, I love finding my tribe in the, and on tour, meaning the relationships that I built. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that's part of knowing and figuring out yourself a lot. And that's, what's helped me to do, to continue to be on tour because I personally love challenges and growing because it's all self-growth because you get taken out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. you get taken out of your daily routine you have another type of routine Mm -hmm. and it teaches you a lot and then you live with people on a bus yeah and you start learning about each other but 
for me was learning a lot about myself. And I do love life stage. I love that feeling. I do love that feeling. Even when you're dead tired, if you have two in a row, if anybody knows, it's like two shows back to back, back to back, you know, you're like dead tired, but then you always remember there's someone out there who's never seen the show. So you have to, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. The, give it all. The buckets you know? that you pull from and how surprising you can be to yes. yourself is such a Absolutely. wild thing. Yeah. To think like, there's no way I can do a show tonight. And then to have a great show that night, like that is something that is a really unique and very cool experience. That, it is beyond words for that. Yeah. And you don't generally get to have that on a, let's say, a commercial shoot where you're resting every 20 minutes while they reset the camera or a music video that only lasts a day. Yes, you'll be tired at the end of it, but we're talking like I've been out here for six months there we go. I miss my dog. <laughs> I miss my I'm... boo. I miss my bed. There is no way I can get up on that stage tonight. And then you do. And you love it. It's and you insane. love it. Like that that it's... feeling truly is remarkable. I think that feeling is what keeps me wanting to always do it. Because cool. I, I just that. want to figure that. I'm, I love that rush. I love that moment of escapism for an hour and a half. And like mm -hmm. connecting with audience. Mm -hmm. And seeing that smile or seeing that joy, because yes, they come for the artists, but they actually come in for the dancers in the band too, because we're all artists mm -hmm. on that stage. Mm -hmm. So we keep forgetting that they come in for all of us. So you yeah. do get that interaction, that feedback, but that rush that it's beyond words to explain how you just live in uh -huh. your presence uh -huh. for every second. Yeah, then after that, you shower at the venue and you eat your after show food and you pass out in your bunk. Yep. <laughs> or you are have adrenaline rush and you stay up for a nightcap. Or, or you go to the salsa club in Cincinnati. <laughs> and live your life and you have to do your show the next day. Yeah. But that's, and, and, and also to continue, it's like traveling. Who doesn't mm -hmm. like to travel and learn about different cultures and people and meet people? I could say that I have, the most amazing friends around the world because mm. of tour. Mm. That's so because freaking cool. I met them, and that to me is priceless. Yeah, you know. That's and under awesome. what other circumstances could you meet people? Correct. In a hundred and fifty different cities. Absolutely. Yeah, it's wild. It's, it's it wild. is such a gift. Well, if I were to also give you some flowers here on this subject, I think that you are a person who brings not only the sense of party with you, but the sense of home. And that oh. like I, you, when I think of you, you feel very grounded. You feel like a rooted person. You don't feel oh. um, like someone that's so lofty or out of out, like up in the clouds. You, mm. you feel like, you feel like earth, like grounded. And oh, I, thanks, friend. Oh my goodness. Well, it, I just, I'm just reporting the news. That's just what comes <laughs> up when I, when I think of you and, I I think that in a world where your kind of traditional life things, like let's take, for example, if I took a snapshot right now of my bedroom, there would mm -hmm. be like six pairs of shoes, uh, photos of people that I love, my tea or my water from yesterday, um, my like three or four or five different purses like strewn about because I change bags all the time, clothes all over the place, books. Like I've got six or seven books on my nightstand. Um, I know a lot of people, I don't personally, but I wish I did have a pet that might be chilling there at the foot of the bed. <laughs> and none of those things exist on tour. You have like one, maybe two bags. You have to really choose how many pairs of shoes you bring because they're heavy. You get like Absolutely. one black jacket and one not black jacket. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, the no photo. I don't know anybody that travels with like framed photos because you'll forget them. They're heavy. Books are freaking heavy. Um, yeah. So what I'm trying to get at, wow, long-winded Wilson tonight, <laughs> is that a lot of the things that say – home aren't with mm -hmm. you you're mm -hmm. at the hyatt you're at the double tree you're at the mm -hmm. 
you know, Marriott, Four seasons. Whatever. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Well, especially out there with some of the big dogs. And so it can be really easy to forget. Absolutely. Kind of Absolutely. real life. And when you do forget real life, you wind up spending unreal money. You wind up mm. drinking. You wind up mm-hmm. like living an unreal shopping. life, which means shopping a lot, which, which means when you get back to real life, which inevitably will happen, you get rocked. You get like, that is a harsh reality check. So for somebody who's done that seven times, mm-hmm. you must be a person who has the ability to be grounded even when you're up here lofting in this dream j- dream j- right. dream job or dream gig um, that's so untethered from like real life. Yeah. So I think that you do that well. And you also are Thanks, a person, man. a person who likes to have a good time. And yes, I do. tour is a good construct for that because it's so untethered from real life. Like, I don't know about you guys with pink, but with Jay, we didn't, we didn't rehearse for the show after it was up. Like we dancers were allowed to go to soundcheck, but we were not required. So oh, yeah. basically we started working at 8 PM. Yeah. And we worked for two hours straight. Yep. But that was it. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of wiggle room in there and a lot of room for creativity and a lot of room for disaster. <laughs> a if lot you of do that not thing. have your wits about you. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that is that anything to, anything all, to add? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Cause our sound check is different because we're an apparatus. So we'll Rick check mm-hmm. before, and she comes later and do her Rick check. So we do our separate Rick check. She mm-hmm. comes her and does her rig check and then sound check. And then when she does her sound check, it's either lunch, uh, dinner time or now we've been doing like yoga or workouts oh, in between that. right before mm-hmm. just to get us together. And and to be honest, at first, anyone listening, you'd be like, oh, my God, you have to work out before the show. Oh, I'm like, no. actually, it's the best Bring thing it. ever. Yes. give I, You know I, what I mean? Oh, especially now at 36. I was even feeling it. Ooh. On the Man of the Woods tour, I only did a small handful of shows. I was the swing. I required a full mm. warm up and yeah. a cool and a cool down. <laughs> yeah, like gone Absolutely. are the days where I could just pop straight Absolutely. from catering into my costume into that laundry bin. Oh, no, that no, no, Ava no. and I had to ride in a laundry bin to get to stage because <laughs> we were in the round. Like I, I could not I remember. Do that. I could not do that today. No. There's no way. No, there's and our group now with her, we're older and have family too. So oh. we we need it, and it's not even a necessity. She likes it too, so it's even easier. There, we're warming up. We do a workout before dinner. We get ready for the show, after, and then right before our hour call, that's when we go back and do our warm up again, like oh. our own personal warm up and right, stretch. Right. Like it's long because the show is so physical. Like physical so much you know and that's a blessing and i will say to the viewers and listeners i'm a woman who's about to be 43 so i'm blessed thank you you very much get it my friend and i say that to say that number and age does not matter if you take care of yourself and that's one thing about tour and why i still do it is i take care of myself Mm -hmm. you have to take care of yourself not only Physically, it's the mentally emotional part of it too. Mm-hmm. Um, because anybody knows, and you know, Dana, you could be this last tour, we had a 21 year old. Mm-hmm. Not even, she was 20. And I was like, wow, that's great. But that did not hinder what my wisdom and my knowledge and my mm-hmm. talent and my longevity has, has been working on and been able to do to add to this. Mm-hmm. But it was just admiring to watch a 20-year-old yeah. live her life. We were there. Yeah. We were like, yes. Yes, I remember that feeling. Look at you go do 20, that 20 thing. <laughs> 25,000 times. Right. You just tell me, when I when I, when we go full out, you get it all. But if we're not going full out right now. You watch me, mo- you watch <laughs> me moderate. <laughs> watch you me. Observe me. as I <laughs> dial my intensity up and down according to the needs of the moment. <laughs> Absolutely. Is there anyone that you haven't toured with or worked with that you would really love to tour with? Ooh, I'll, I'll, I'll broaden out. I I would say work with, but tour is a special thing. Like that also implies that you would like them. Like you would like spending time with them because there's a couple people that I would work with. I'm just curious about. 
Yeah, I don't, but enough. I don't think I would like want to be on the road with them. Um, yeah, maybe answer both. Answer both. Yeah. Who, who I want to work with that I haven't. It's a really good question. See, I'm old school. Like if Lauren Hill ever decides to have <sighs> dancers. Gasp. You know? Um, yo. Definitely. Would love that. You should like, you should be body doubling, Lauren. You should be something. like, if ever a dance thing comes up where, or or coaching her or something, I feel, let's, I put, would, the, let's put that put into out the there. ether. Let's, yeah. Please. I love that. Um, I'm obsessed with Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. I think he's brilliant. Um, who else? You know what? This is funny, not because we're having this conversation and it's you. I always want to be in a room with Marty and Justin and you guys. Yes, Raina. It's so funny. Yeah. In, my, in my mind, I put you in that chapter, but really different camps, different shows, different experience, totally. Oh my goodness, yes. Heck yeah. Like I would just because, because you know what's funny? From everyone who I've toured, uh-huh. I've never toured with a male artist. I only did Ricky Martin as a promo, but a full tour, I've never done a male so, artist. So- Kylie, did you tour with JLo or no? You just did, no. did, did some, some other small I did stuff, some stuff with, with her. Okay. Yeah. I just called it small stuff. Take it back. I'm sorry. You know what I mean. <laughs> it's, um, it's fine. But let's be yep. let, like on the scope of uh, like a tour with Pink, you guys probably were on the road for a year. And so uh, I don't mean small as in prestige. I mean small as in like no. your life's calendar. <laughs> yes. It's small. Like a blip. Time period a, small. A, a blip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, no, last tour with Pink before the pandemic was three. Was three because we did promo. So <laughs> are you kidding? How many shows? Um, I do you remember it, it had to be uh, at least 160 or something. Holy cow. <laughs> I can't remember that well, but I'm assuming it's like 160 or something. Because we did promo and then mm-hmm. we did two years of tour. So that was three years for the mm-hmm. ones who started at promo. Okay, well, we're in opposite sides of the spectrum because the only, like, long-term gigs, tours, or even, like, some kind of longer-ish promo tours that I've ever done are with male artists. And I'm so curious what the, like, actual difference is. Yeah. Um, Other than, like, you know, the, the, the emotional experience of it, I'm sure. Maybe there's more like tampon availability on tour with a woman. I don't know. I remember having to like really look occasionally. Like I had to go into three different production offices to find a fucking tampon. So maybe that would be a difference. Maybe. Maybe. I think that's probably it, Dana. I that's think that's probably what it. Is. I, I mean, that's so funny. What, I never knew that. Oh my gosh. Almost exclusively. Um, yeah, I, I did actually look at us trade stories kylie minogue florence and the machine um i think they are the only women Mm. i i'm sorry i'm the worst at my own bio sometimes people come up and are like oh i love this thing and i was like oh forgot cool so my my memory is i know i almost had a cheat code i almost gonna print i probably pulled up my resume on my phone as a cheat code to be oh, honest. <laughs> good job. Good job. That's important. Well, I I pulled it up because I do this with every guest. Because honestly, there are sometimes like I'm like deep friends with some people and I do not know the wrinkles of their career. And I've had several friends come on the on the podcast and I was like, I had no idea. Like I knew that you've danced with Missy Elliott because that is one of yeah. my she's one of my like absolute all-time super freaking g's yeah. but i did not know about gloria stefan for you that is mm-hmm. awesome um mm-hmm. i did know about paul abdul though <gasps> yes Ms. and Paula. that's another absolute legend um yes. but yeah very very interesting i bet we should do a survey just like we should like a bunch of the people that we know that have toured for many different types general yeah. difference between uh between the two experiences i'm so curious I oh so. i just yeah. did uh, so i have a monthly newsletter plug uh hey. visit the danawilson.com and you can sign up for the newsletter yes right but i'd put a puzzle in every single one of my newsletters and in february the puzzle is to out of justin timberlake madonna taylor swift justin bieber and beyonce 
and I think I'm missing one, but we'll call it five for now. Mm-hmm. Out of those five's highest grossing tours, who had the most dancers and who had the least? Oh, that's good. It's a very fun game to play. So I would if okay, this episode won't be out until February. So you will have missed this newsletter if you're hearing this now. So do you want to play? Do you want to play real quick? Yeah, I want to play. Absolutely. So oh I knew it. I was missing Brittany. Okay, so here it is. We're gonna play the official game. Rank the following pop star tours by dancer headcount, greatest to least, on their highest grossing tours. So not on like their most recent tour, but like their biggest tour. Biggest tour. Yes. Okay. Beyonce. Uh-huh. JT, Britney Spears, Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber, and Madonna. Ooh. I mean, you it's like extra play. credit if you can even tell what their highest grossing tours were. Like that's step one. Right. And then you have to rank the dancer order. I would say Beyonce first, Madonna, uh, Madonna second. Ooh, but Taylor grossed a lot too. Yo, but it's not about how, it's not about how much money she made. It's about how many dancers. No, the tour and dancers. Right. Okay, so Beyonce first. Ooh, Justin had a lot of dancers. Okay, so here we go. I'll just put it out there. Beyonce okay. first. Yes. Just Justin second. Madonna third, Taylor fourth, Brittany fifth, JT sixth. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So you said <clears throat> Beyonce first. Ding, ding, ding. Correct. Woo-hoo. She had on her formation world tour, which grossed 256 million, she wow. had nine, 19 dancers and one aerialist. Yes. Up second, I think you said Justin Bieber, I think. I did. Madonna comes in number two with 17 dancers on her Sticky and Sweet tour, which Mm. blew my mind. That wouldn't have even ranked. I would have guessed Blonde Ambition was her biggest tour, but that's just because I just had Vincent on the podcast and we talked about it. Um, Mm. So Sticky and Sweet came in number two with 17 dancers, but it was the number one grossing tour to date with 407.7 million dollars wow wow like like next up is taylor swift she comes in third and she made 340 345.7 million beyond Mm. uh madonna is still way beyond that however if taylor you know, carries out this upcoming tour the way that it's yeah. kind of supposed to go. She's gonna crush that. Like, wow, close close to six hundred million is what they're predicting Ooh. for her. Bananas. Wouldn't okay, be so wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Beyonce number one with nineteen dancers. Madonna wow. with Sticky and Sweet seventeen dancers. Taylor Swift's Reputation tour three hundred forty five point seven million. Sixteen dancers. Yeah. Justin yeah. Bieber comes in fourth. With the purpose world mm-hmm. tour, 257 million, 16 dancers. Mm. This one surprised me. Brittany, the circus. That was her highest mm. grossing tour. Oh, of course. 131.8 million, 10 dancers and one aerialist. And good old JT comes in sixth place with the 2020 experience, but made some coin. 231.6 million. And six dancers with one on. swing. Yeah. That's great. Yes. I should have stuck but to my gun when I said Madonna you, second. You did. You said Madonna <laughs> second. You said that first. Um, anyways, that – so m- my brain has been looking at that wow. data because I just – I wrote that newsletter recently. I always do something different for the puzzle, by the way, and it's always fun. I just like learning things. So it's basically me learning and then challenging the listener yeah. <laughs> or the reader. I love and it. And then – and then all of us learning. Um, yeah. Okay. That's a lot of tour talk, but that's where my brain has been. And I know that this is an area, an, an arena, if you will, no pun intended, mm. in which you, you shine so bright. But I do want to talk right. about some of the work you've been doing recently. Um, I want to talk about 
Encanto because it's incredible. I want to talk about, I know the whole team, Kai, Jamal, I like, I think that movie has number one changed the way we will make animated films. Thanks to you all. Absolutely. I think you all made it look very good to have a choreography team up in there for animated films. And they aren't always, they aren't always. And so I, I loved, I, I loved that. Um, how did that come to be for you? And is there anything you would do differently if you got to do that all over again? No, I think the way that it all went down was perfect mm-hmm. because we didn't know the expectation of the movie. That's mm-hmm. the beauty of it. Right. It wasn't in Kanto until it was in Kanto. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I didn't know how big the movie, none of us knew how big the movie was going to be. Like it mm-hmm. blew our minds. Mm-hmm. I think it was one of my favorite experiences in my career thus far Mm -hmm. um, because it was so related. Just to start off, it was a a Latino family Mm -hmm. and it was Afro-Colombians involved. So that was just a whole other personal thing for us to see ourselves in Disney after so many years that we all looked at so many Disney movies and I'm obsessed with Disney movies. Mm -hmm. But to finally say like, oh my God, these characters look like my tia my tío my niece my uncle which was like unbelievable and when Jamal told us about the story in the beginning when we first had rehearsal we were like cool okay Lynn great awesome it's gonna be great but when we saw the sketches of -hmm. what they look like I Mm -hmm. will honestly say that I started crying and Yoey started crying because we were like Oh my God, they they look like us. They look like us. Holy and there's shit. like and and to the T, like it was not. Oh, this is Missy. No, it was literally they got everything right. When we saw the rough draft of the dancing, mm-hmm. that was like, what? Beyond. I'm in a Disney movie forever. Oh my God. Because you can see your flair, right? Like they captured yes. detail. They captured yes. essence. They captured yes. like actual style imagine that like i want to give big props to kai martinez for being the animating consultant in the project to like let them know the animators and director like all the nuance of it because i and i want to say that clearly because we don't get to have that position in animation Mm -hmm. to have some a dancer or choreographer as an animation consultant Mm-hmm. to get the nuance of it. So I want to give her so much love and props for sitting hours with them. And for everyone listening, we th- we shot this during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it was only six of us doing the whole film. Talk Just about six, six and two other people. The benefits of being know. versatile. Yes. So it was kind of amazing when we saw the final project of the movie and I was like, oh my God, they captured Everything. Everything. And we and we did not because people ask us a lot. Oh, did you guys use the motion caption? No. And I was like, no. The same way with you, Dana, with the whole Pinocchio. So yep. much love and props real quick. I have to. I have to <laughs> thank that. you. Thank you. So thank you. good. But they we got recorded by an iPhone and an iPad. Right. Two people. Right. right. You were filmed. And, and then we were filmed. And then they went home. Yeah. And sketch it, and all the animators were in their own homes sketching. So none Whoa. animators, actors, and directors and and producers were all at home. No one was together. The only people that I know of was the dancers in one room. Everybody, wow. all the animators were at their house animating and drawing. Wow! So there was no motion caption suit or nothing. They literally captured our essence. Isn't that crazy? That is wild to me because (laughs) the way that film reads is like it was conceived over a dinner table. Like it feels like that was made in one house, (laughs) like in one house, not even at a studio, but like it feels so homegrown. I know. That is so special. It's so special. It is. Yeah. That's a tremendous accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to give all my love to Kai and Jamal and Jamal for, I just want to give props to Jamal Sims for spearheading this whole movie with, without using his ego involved and just embracing the culture and embracing the the team. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of us and a lot of people in this industry won't be that secure of themselves to allow that magic to come in. And that's just being really honest 
in my experience in this industry, they're, they're not secure enough to allow and trust themselves because that's when you don't trust other people, it's because you don't trust your own self. Mm-hmm. You don't trust yourself to bring other people in to create with you and make magic. Yeah. So I want to give so much love to my big brother, Jamal, and my new sister, Kai, for mm. allowing the beauty of everyone's gift. And that's why this movie was so big. Mm-hmm. It blew my mind when I watched it. I was like, holy crap. Oh my and God. then after that, I was like, this is a phenomenon. Yeah. This is so cool. That, yeah. But- that, I hope it. I hope it won't be, but that does sound like a once in a lifetime type of project, especially given the unique circumstance of the pandemic. I mean, that is, that goes in the book, my friend, or the movie that is your life that, that starts on the boat. I know. Crazy. That's why it was so touching because all of us who are immigrants could relate to that story. Mm -hmm. And, and the icing of the cake was that film was the 60th animated film that Disney made. So it was extra special. Significant. God yes. dang, it took 60 of them, though? St- oh, right. Oh, that's okay. Wow. Disney. Disney. <laughs> We're going to need the next 60 to be as as yeah. uh, as representative Absolutely. as humanly possible. Yeah. Um, Everyone says that. Okay. I, I want to back up a little bit to the consulting role and kind of segue into more of what you're working on now. It is unique that a, a choreographer or a dancer – I mean, Kai is both, um, wind up in a consulting position on an animated film. And I think it's awesome and smart. And I hope that more productions uh, take a a page out of that book. Um, But you more recently have been a production consultant on the Emmy-nominated Hulu show, East Lost High. I want to know everything. Oh, East Lost High, which was like the first Hulu original TV, like Latinx TV series that Mm -hmm. they had. That came about, ladies and gentlemen, because this is what happens when you never know what's going to happen to you when you're in another job. Mm-hmm. I was assisting Liz Imperio on a job called Que Viva, which was a reality show that J-Lo and Mark Anthony had looking for mm-hmm. art, like different talent around the world. And there was someone there in production. I met him once or twice who remembered me mm-hmm. and called me about this project. And I had a meeting. And a lot of the times, you could say no because the budget wasn't great, but you uh-huh. under- I understood this is the first time right. doing a show. Right. And I took it as an opportunity from the universe and saying, you know what? Start getting your feet wet as a choreographer and then put yourself happens. in that department exactly. head position and see what happens. And luckily enough, five seasons later, I moved up to consulting producer, which was like out of nowhere. For me, because I just go in as a, I was going in every season as a choreographer, then they moved me up to supervising choreographer. Mm-hmm. And then the last two seasons, they granted the, a blessing to me. Like, we would like you to have the consulting producer. A pr- uh, uh, producer credit. You know, credit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was mind-blowing. And I was so thankful for that. And it was something that I was like, oh, we could all, we all all consulting producers. Because it was more of like just not paid for it or credited for it most of the time that part well could you talk a little bit about what those day-to-day roles and responsibilities look like for you yeah so definitely pre-production for those that know it's like you meet two three weeks depending on the budget of the shooting schedule Uh to meet with like all the producers directors and go by each scene it's a Uh lot of work but i feel like all dancers and choreographers especially choreographers could do this or are doing it. Yeah, and then sit exactly. with the director, you know, are, you know, we are doing it. We actually do it, but we don't get the coins. But my day-to-day was pre-production, go through each scene, mm-hmm. pick songs for each scene. That was very tedious because mm-hmm. with low budget shows, the selection of songs weren't that. <laughs> budget go low, select, selection go low. There we go. Mm-hmm. So, and then from there, wardrobe setting mood boards for each um, team. And for those that don't know about the show, it's about this high school dance team in East LA and they compete. So then you have the opposing team. So it was going through wardrobe. And also I got um, some moments to like 
read the scripts for the dance scenes and make sure that the language was correct. Uh-huh. And it's believable because that, as we know. Huge, huge, really takes me out. <laughs> it takes me out too, Dana. It yeah. takes me out. So it I was really like, takes me this out. is my opportunity. I was like, finally, you know, this is my opportunity. I have to fully go like comb to it make, out. Make something authentic. Wow. Make something, yes. <laughs> your opportunity to make something authentic for actual dancers looking in yeah. and feel like they're actually looking in on their world. Absolutely. Cool. So it was a lot of that of pre-production. And then on set, just got to towards the last season, they were so gracious. And I give so much love to Katie Mota and Mauricio Mota, which is the head productions and, and wise entertainment that they allow mm-hmm. me to do some shots for certain scenes. So it was, it was, it was cool. I, I feel like choreographers should be getting that role automatically because we are help we're hand in hand with directors especially for directors that are not familiar with the dance world yeah you know who really you know who really hates to hear that (laughs) directors i know (laughs) we're 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 learning so much Uh, i think it's important like we're all allowed to think that our department is the best and that we do everything i know every department head thinks that their department is yes, the most the important and the least appreciated. And I believe that to be true for choreographers. And I also happen to know that we are leagues behind in terms of organization and recognition. Most yeah. of our, our peers working on sets, on, on professional sets. So I'm so glad to see you in that role. I'm so glad to Thank see you. productions recognizing that as a valuable yeah, role absolutely. and putting people like you and specifically you in that role. I just am so jazzed on it. Um, Thanks. Yeah. I, I two more to not, come. Two more to come? Two more seasons? No, I'm saying like for more to come. Oh, for more to come. Yes. I was like, yeah. oh my goodness, I have got to catch up. No. Um, no. <laughs> well, you, you said something really important in that last one and maybe we'll end off on this question. Um, I, since the podcast started, have been attracting uh, a lot of new friends and new conversations with up and coming, you know, aspiring dancers and choreographers. And I think that's natural. Like that happens for, for everyone, but I happen to stand in front of a microphone and say, Hey, reach out and Hey, DM me. And Hey, like I'm, I'm asking for this all the time. So I'm having a lot of conversations with people And this word authentic shows up a lot. And it's Mm. usually sandwiched with how do I be my authentic self in this world, which a lot of people perceive to be inauthentic. And, And I say that deliberately, but what I mean to say is scripted. Like our world and the work that we work on is usually written by someone else. So how do you show up as your authentic you in a world that is written by other people and sold to the masses? And I think you'd be a great person to answer this question because it looks to me from the outside in like you show up as Reina, whether you are on TV or in a producer role or in a hoop or in a silk hanging from the ceiling, like you're Reina in all of the spaces. Could you get granular, even if, even if it sounds like obnoxious, even if you think your answer sounds crazy, how do you achieve authenticity in this industry? That is an amazing question. But what I work towards is showing myself in my joyful and present self with flaws and all. Because mm. I feel the beauty of being of seeing someone authentic. It's not the scripted. It's seeing them walk in with coolness and groundiness in mm-hmm. and see them just be so centered throughout the chaos, whether it be an overwhelming of joy or overwhelming of sadness, but just say center and be literally present to, to take in their surroundings. And for me, that's what I have worked towards at this moment to just be me how I want to be treated the way that I treat others if that makes sense you know it's 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 that's why I said it's a a very good question because you're still gonna work towards it Mm -hmm. and you all all you could do is be consistent of what makes you happy Mm -hmm. and keeps you grounded 
I love that answer. I love that answer because I love that it has more to do, or I'll, I'll put it this way. I love that that answer is less to do with doing. Like everybody's asking, what should I do? What should I do? Like, how do, what do I have to do to be authentic? What do I have to do to be working and still true to myself? And it is not about doing, it's about being, Being. which is, which also takes freaking time. Like, I can't honestly say that I was happy being with myself in, in those early days of trying to be the right thing for everyone else. Like I have the same horror stories as every young dancer who like cried when their agent asked them, what are you eating right now? Or like, who does your Mm. eyebrows? Or like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, maybe try being blonde. Or like, Mm -hmm. we think you should be more edgy. Like, oh, I cried every time. Every And every time I would ask for it too. Like, what do you think I should do? What color should my hair be? I would ask those questions, but then as soon as somebody told me an answer, I would cry because it wasn't yeah. me. Like, yeah. it, and so the being part is not easy. Being, I think, and you could stop me if this is not your interpretation, but when you say being, the code I hear is loving and Absolutely. loving loving yourself, even on a crazy day, on a yep. on a on yep. not my best day. Loving myself, having my back, that can be a challenge. But that really is what showing up authentically is. Is like no no bullshit. Uh, Nobody wrote this script that is today. I'm freestyling this script with honesty. (laughs) And I, it is, ah, man. Uh, I'm I'm rambling now, but I do know that's what it is. Yeah, it is. It is. It's 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 being. I think we both came to the the right simple word, which is just be like being, like being you. And and I'll add to that, like because you also have to have grace for yourself for for just being. So I I will say that's what authentic means to me. It's like have grace of yourself for just being. I love that right now. I love that so much. And it's a a wonderful place to wrap it up. I hope that all of you get out there into the world and be like, be and be loving. Cause, oh, that's such a lovely way to be. Mm -hmm. How's that? How's that? How's that for a deep thought? Thank you, Raina. I love you so much. Love you too, Dana. Uh, Let's go dancing sometime soon. Cincinnati. Sound good? (laughs) I'll find find the soonest flight. Me too. I got miles. I got miles. I wonder, Let's do it. I could not find that place if we tried. I have no, not even the, not even a hint of where we go. Okay. No, because back in, yeah, no way. We're like, there's no oh, way. We just okay. found it. Like we didn't even, there was no, we just walked was and none. found it. <laughs> For our listeners, there was no Google Maps. There was no Yelp. There was nothing. We, we were just going, found it. Yeah. So oh. hopefully we'll find it again. Lucky birds. I'm glad to have found you. Me too, my love. Okay, bye. Bye. Oh, man. What do you think, my friend? That was so much fun. So many good laughs. So cool to hear about Raina's work as a consulting producer. I think it's inspiring that choreographers hear tales like those. Um, also, of course, it's fun to flash back on our tour days and also really important to hear that the things that keep you grounded on tour are the things that keep you grounded anywhere. Strong sense of self, a sense of community, a healthy mind, a healthy body. Wow, my friends, it's, it seems so simple, doesn't it? (laughs) So, uh, with that, I encourage you to go out there and pursue healthy mind, healthy body, grounded, authentic, whatever that means to you. To me right now, that means uh, some deep breaths, maybe a yoga class, certainly a very large glass of water. Um, I encourage you to do all of those things. Maybe go dancing. Uh, Maybe don't make out with a stranger. (laughs) But do enjoy this life and this body that you have. And of course, as always, Keep it funky.
I will talk to you soon. This podcast was produced by me with the help of many. Music by Max Winnie. Logo and brand design by Brie Reitz. And big thanks to Riley Higgins, our executive assistant and editor. Also, massive thanks to you, the mover who is no stranger to taking action. So go take action. I will not, cannot stop you from downloading episodes or leaving a review and a rating. I will not ban you from my online store for spending your hard-earned money on the cool merch and awesome programs that await you there. I will 100% not stop you from visiting wordsthatmoveme.com if you want to talk with me, work with me, and make moves with the rest of the Words That Move Me community. Oh, and also, I will not stop you from visiting thedanawilson.com if you're curious about all the things that I do that are not Words That Move Me related. (laughs) All right, my friend, keep it funky. I'll talk to you soon.